0: To our ladies' podcast. My name's Ed Reed, uh, head of training here at Call Insight, joined by my colleague Tom Edwards.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, one of the aspects of uh, many changes that are happening in the balancing arrangements in the GB electricity market, um, particularly around virtual lead parties. One of the topics we'll go into in a little bit more depth at our Balancing Mechanism Commercial Opportunities course that we have uh, on the 18th of February, where Tom will be one of the lead presenters. And uh, in discussion with Tom, we thought this was a topic which is generating a bit of interest, so uh, I thought I'd... Buttonhole the experts, sit them in a room and, uh, ask them a few questions about it.
1: I'm a senior modeler in Cornwall Insight, which means I, uh, help build things like our benchmark power curve, which, uh, forecasts wholesale electricity uh, power prices and capacity clearing prices out for, so I think we're like 25 years now. Um, I'm also a member of the balancing assessment code panel for, so for all my sins, I am, uh, I've read the BSC.
0: Must be an OBE on the way as well, I suspect. I hope not. Um, and, um, but one of the, yeah, one of the, the things that um, is, is changing uh, at the moment amongst the many is this notion of uh, virtual lead parties uh, being a thing. Um, for the uninitiated, me included, what's a virtual lead party?
1: So uh, the concept of the virtual lead party comes out of the electricity balancing guidelines. So if you've heard of EBGL, that's the eu network code which deals with things like um balancing services and what kind of markets system operators can offer in order to keep their electricity systems whole and it's trying to create a like a common set of rules and guidelines uh terms and conditions so that there is um, a common level playing field between all EU markets and that system operators can share things like reserve products uh, and frequency balancing across borders um, through interconnectors. So if you've heard uh, of Project Tear or Project Mari, uh, this is where virtual lead parties come in. Uh, so Project Ter is the Trans-European Replacement Reserves Exchange, and it's uh, I think we can probably think of it as a cross between store and the balancing mechanism, but for pan European uh, balancing services. And Part of the requirements in the EBGL and the Clean Energy Package, or one of the European uh, electricity market packages, is that there is a role for demand-side response um, participation in energy balancing services. That's not just being a supplier, and it's not being a generator.
0: So so in essence, then, I think given this is coming from from Europe and trying to, as you say, implement common approaches across uh, Europe, we'll we'll, we'll put Brexit to one side for now and and probably for the rest of this podcast. Um, But in essence, what this is trying to do is widen the pool of those that can access that market, I guess, for want of a better word, outside of the usual Long-standing mm-hmm. providers of of service to, to 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 the system operator, the ESO for balancing, which is largely the, the license generator and then, theory, the license supplier.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, so, in um, kind of EU network code world, there are these concepts of a balancing responsible party and a balancing services provider. A balancing responsible party is what we think of as a supplier or a generator in the balancing assessment code. They're the party who are responsible for accurately notifying contracts, and they're on the hook for imbalance. Mm-hmm. And a balancing services provider is someone who provide well it's, provides balancing services to the system operator. So that could be um, a supplier aggregating up small generation or it could be a big generator uh, and the VLP is designed to sit in that bubble of balancing services provider where you can provide services to the system operator but without having the obligations of being a balancing responsible party, which means that you can provide all these services but you don't have to do trading, you don't get um, uh, exposed to imbalance.
0: So that's interesting then so you, you could you could immediately see some perhaps tension then between those with the balancing responsibility. Um you can foresee circumstances where they have perhaps traded or you know notified contracts on the basis that they thought their let 's talk about the consumer here their their consumption was due to do expected to do something within a given half an hour but that same customer then could could equally itself could it be or have an asset that a third party could then offer uh, balancing services uh into the e s o
1: that's exactly. The situation. So imagine we are a factory with a ten megawatt load at the meter. We're contracted with Ed Supply Co. And you have offered me a certain retail tariff. Uh, maybe it's a pass-through contract or whatever the wholesale price. Um, you've gone and bought out the energy that I usually um, consume between four to six PM. But I've also got and installed a battery on my site, and I've gone out to the market and said, "Who's who's best to trade this battery for me?" And. Uh, Company Y has said that they are going to be able to trade that, and they're registered as a virtual lead party. They are then only solely responsible for the energy balancing volumes that go through. And that means that they might dispatch the battery between 4 to 6 p.m. when EDCO has bought the the power for that site. However, what then happens in the settlement arrangements is that the supply company is held whole, so they don't face any imbalance. So, for example, the battery discharges to meet uh, a national grid requirement therefore my 10 megawatt load falls to four megawatts because it's a six megawatt battery um what then happens is that the end of the six megawatts goes into the company y account for those if it was over an hour six megawatt hours goes into their account they get paid for that in whatever balancing service either the balancing mechanism or project tear um and edco the supply company is actually has their position Uh, reduced downwards. So they are in imbalance because they bought 10 megawatts, but the site only consumed 4 megawatts. You're in imbalance for 6 megawatts, but you get paid that because you've gone long.
0: I see. I see. So in that instance, then...
1: You're not sure. You're not sure.
0: All other things being
1: equal. All other things being equal, you're fine. The supplier isn't being exposed to any imbalance charges as a result of it. There are the... However, the long-term implications of, well, now that you don't know the supply um, profile of that site anymore because there's a battery sitting on it. However, there's nothing to stop the supplier also being the virtual lead party as well. Um, So there's there's nothing to say that the supplier couldn't also take on the VLP role for the battery if they wanted it to be separate from their regular portfolio.
0: But I guess there's nothing. I mean, It would be the asset owner and the customer's choice, I suspect, then ultimately where they choose to find service providers yeah. in that in that in the widest sense
1: and there's no obligation on lexon or any of the central assessment or national grid any of the central assessment agents to tell the supplier whether or not a virtual lead party is within their portfolio so uh only with customer consent can the supplier be told that there is a virtual lead party in their portfolio
0: I see. So, you well, I can see the challenges of that you would expect those. It bends down perhaps that um, the supplier would ask the question before taking on a contract. Yeah. But or like-
1: perhaps they put in their contracts, you agree to give consent to, to on, so that you tell that I have consent to know about all of my VLPs in my portfolio, for example. Um, but that should open up the market to, to essentially new balancing services providers. Um, as I mentioned, there's basically two markets: project hair or the balancing mechanism.
0: So, so when we're talking about balancing services here, to be to be clear, then these VLPs can either look to access directly the balancing mechanism. Yep. Yep. Or, what? or project hair. Or project hair, which is then the cross-border reserve. Which is the
1: cross-border reserves, uh, trans-European Re- replacement reserves exchange.
0: And again, for the simple-minded, uh, of which I'm not including our audience here, but certainly myself, this is in essence where the ESO, National Grid, may seek or actually take action from uh, another market, basically, to balance the system.
1: So what happens is it's uh, a lot like the day-ahead trading regime. So if... Um what happens is National Grid will say, I think for the next half an hour, I'm going to have an imbalance of 100 megawatts. It will post that up to a, a central European exchange. Then every provider in every connected European market will provide their prices for them to either provide upwards or downwards balancing at energy. That goes into a big algorithm which essentially searches through all of the, the requirements that are needed, so every TSO posting its requirements, all of the available interconnected capacity, and all of those um, offers for upwards or downwards energy regulate, uh, regulating energy, finds the cheapest possible approach, and then sends that information on a, of a dispatch schedule back out to the transmission system operators. So National Grid will then receive, after it says, I need 100 megawatts, It will then receive, uh, and it sends on all the information from the providers. It will then receive back a list of instructions for all those providers. National Grid converts that back into a signal that it it can send out. But of all of those activations, it won't know whether or not that activation was for their need or for a cross-border need. So it's trying to do, essentially, it will try to do France and Britain at the same time. That's very confusing. Has it got a nice name, like the algorithm? Libra. Libra, yeah, oh, that's
0: pretty cool. I'm not going to ask you what it stands for, as you know. I think it's just
1: balancing, like the uh, scales.
0: Oh, that's a bit disappointing. I thought it had some long. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, so the 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 VLPs. I go back to the VLPs then. So, the idea is that, you know, in essence, this is, for want of a better word, anyone can, any reason can offer uh, that balancing service, but there must be some kind of, you know, there will be some technical de minimis sort or of specification around that. I mean, you might not be licensed. Do you have to become a member of the BSC?
1: Yeah. So, you've got to uh, register as a VLP in both uh, national grid systems and on the Electron system. So, you've got to go through the national grid qualification, which signs you up to the CUSC and the grid code and the BSC at the same time but you don't have to be licensed.
0: And so those, those those entities then might not be exposed to traded markets as such. So
1: they won't be exposed to things like Tynuos or Basuos charges. Right. Um, they will have to pay some Alexon charges. So, for example, like a, a BMU charge just to pay to enter the balancing assessment code um, and the CUSK charge. So, But there won't be any ongoing charges uh, at the moment, those can change in the future, but at the moment, there aren't any ongoing charges for having energy flowing through your virtual lead party account.
0: So, so there's a, basically a membership fee, for want of a better word, some sort of subs to pay and an, an yeah. entry fee, and then revenue is just basically as and when and if you're called upon to provide service through the BM or tear.
1: Yeah.
0: So I will be, I mean, how big can you be or small can you be?
1: So... Uh, you will probably be. Oh, you can't be any bigger than 50 megawatts to use the wider BM axis uh, system. And anyway, once you're getting above kind of 10, 20 megawatts, you're probably better off being in a CVA um, generator uh, process yourself, anyway, um, because it's really designed for smaller things. And you once you're that big, you'll want to be trading your own energy or at least have more control over the energy you're trading. Um, but technically, it is possible for a say, a larger 20 to 50 megawatt. Once you're above 50 megawatt, you kind of have to... Um, you know, you're getting into the territory, need the you need beggars. Licenses. You're starting to thinking about licensing and planning and uh, all those other things that so you might as well just be a generator. Um, then uh, there's nothing to stop you being a generator or small generators. You could have the energy managed by one party. So you could have um, smartest doing all your energy trading and then maybe go to line jump through the VLP for them to do the balancing mechanism stuff. Um, and that might be one way you can have more than one party offering your um, route to market. And,
0: and, and because this is then, in essence, really, what we're saying here is, yeah, it, it widens the pool, but basically this is a higher number of smaller assets. Um, but, I mean, what well, can you go down? and yeah, you know, My four kilowatt solar PV on the roof? I'm sure that will help. No?
1: Or- uh, it would have to be aggregated up. Um, and then there's also issues around... Um, where you are connected in the country. So uh, Grid would like to know when it asks for something to happen, where that will happen on the network. So as part of the CUSC um, and Grid code arrangements, you're going to have to say which GSP the, the power is coming on. But no more at. than that. Yeah, but a GS I mean, there's like 300, 400 GSP. So that's quite quite granular quite granular as, as far as the transmission system goes and i
0: guess then i mean the mundane but important i guess is is what kind of metering does that asset require in comms
1: yep yeah. so half hourly metering is a requirement so you do have to be half hourly metered mm-hmm. bsc half hourly
0: yeah meter bsc proper proper, 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 half,
1: proper hour grown metering. Up half hour metering. yeah um and then in terms of comms requirements this is where it will get expensive uh, because traditionally to enter into a balancing services, uh, like the balancing mechanism, uh, you would need EDT electronic data logging and EDT, sorry EDL electronic data logging and EDT electronic data tagging which are the systems for sending information to National Grid about um, this is what my asset can do this is what it's supposed to be doing and these are the prices I want for deviating from my schedule and that comms equipment is not traditionally cheap um, and usually you would expect say this kind of a big portfolio of stuff to have one comms point which it communicates and then every uh so it's probably not ideal for a VLP unless you're getting to quite a big scale. Uh, that's where Where of BM Access comes in, which is this new system for entering basically uh, an over-the-internet application programming interface, API, that you can use to communicate that information with National Grid, rather than having the dedicated comms lines which come with EDT, EDL.
0: I see. So, I mean, the, so there are moves afoot to recognize that one of the barriers potentially could be that comms bit, but there are other routes
1: explored in place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know how many people are using. So it, it went live in December. Um, the uh, project hair, basically the the systems for it, uh, but it takes about six months to register a VLP. And as far as I'm aware, something like three to six, I think it's somewhere in that range of parties are currently going through the qualification process. Um, so it's not like we've had an enormous influx of new entrants as a result of it
0: would you would you expect that though i mean, I mean yeah because i would have thought these, you know well first blush and first glance given what you know wider aspirations are for a smarter more flexible system and would you expect more of three or six parties doing it and obviously we can't name who they are unless it's public but i suggest they're going to be those that are already in the activity of aggregating in some shape or form
1: um probably but they've not been named who they are because that that is a confidential process um we will know when once they're qualified. Um, but at the moment, I'd expect it to just be the normal names who, you know, suppliers and aggregators who already deal with large customers in their electricity, uh, supply arrangements to be, to be entering. And that if it does prove to be a simple and easy, you know, if the aspirations around wider BM access, uh, and these virtual league parties, you could see new people entering and trading, uh, but then it's a complicated part of the electricity system because to trade in these markets you have to have an idea of okay what do i think the imbalance is going to be what are all the other people i'm competing against because there's i mean there's what, 300 400 large generators alone in this market units anyway uh, so you know, it's not a uncontested space.
0: It's not uncontested, I guess. This isn't a, of itself, standalone, isn't a panacea for a business model or equally, I think from what you're saying either, isn't, isn't going to be the, the, the be-all and end-all. But this is a, so is it fair to say a step in the direction of making these uh, markets, balancing markets, if we can call it that, um, potentially more liquid, um, allow for more, it, it, either more players from the existing uh, fold I guess or, or, or perhaps with one eye on the nearish future others to come in um, and, and kind of augment yeah. activity with customers basically.
1: I mean my, my hope is, is that for essentially for existing customers with large generation or well, you know generation onsite that they are currently either using in store, or maybe just using to offset some of their network charges, that in the future, as those network charges are moved to a more fixed basis and that the store market changes, that they'll see that the VLP is the next step for getting access to that additional balancing revenue through the BM or project hair.
0: Great. Well thank you there, Tom, for your your thoughts on uh, virtual in parties. Just this is obviously just a, a small uh, element of what we'll be talking about on 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 the day, but um so it's a really thorough, good end-to-end piece uh, around the sort of balancing mechanism, but all of the bits that hang off it.
1: Yeah, imbalance is an important part of the course. So how does how does imbalance pricing work? Uh, what, what kind of exposures do you, do you face?
0: Is this where you're going to talk about, Vols and Lops?
1: Vols, Lops, RSP. Uh, I can throw acronyms at you all day, and I will try and explain them uh, at the course.
0: Well, um, I'm sure there'll be uh, people knocking uh, down the door to get there and to, to hear more. So... As I said, we've got more of that uh, to discuss at the upcoming course on the 18th of February. And if anyone listening has any further questions or thoughts about this topic or, or want to understand more of our training service or the work Tom does on uh, balancing and, and modelling, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us. Um, and we hope to speak to you soon or hear from you soon. Many thanks. Cheers, Tom.
1: Bye. bye